Thank you, Samuel, for leading us in that song. And uh, and my my friend Jeff Thomas there. Jeff, I asked I asked him to do the call to worship this morning because I thought he was going to make a bigger deal that his baby girl was speaking with me today. But just in case you didn't know, Tessna Thomas is is speaking yeah. with me today, and I'm so excited about that. So. Uh, my, my, my friend uh, and my sister and uh, a woman that I look up to for, for so many reasons. So I'm, I'm so glad that you're here with me today, Teshna, and that you're here with us to teach us today. So let's hear for Teshna. And I'm, I'm just little Don Don Capo and the kid down the block, that little <laughs> Italian kid who hangs out on the street corner. That's all you need to know about me. But anyway, well, good morning, everybody. Um, We're so grateful that you're here with us, either online or in the room today. And um, we're grateful to be able to speak to you. And, um, you know, Hannah Matson a couple weeks ago, uh, started a conversation uh, that's so important. It's so important that it needed two of us to talk about it together. uh, And we want to continue it together. And the scripture out of John chapter 4 is so brilliant. Because it reaches into so many of our cultural assumptions that Jesus is trying to blow up. And what's so sad about it is that we're still trying to catch up with Jesus more than 2,000 years later. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's read this again. You can just either silently or out loud, whichever you'd like to do. And it said, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. And now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And so we can, you can go back and even listen to what Hannah had to say on that. But you'll know... What it's leading us and reminding us about is that Jesus meets with a woman, this Samaritan woman, and within a small, short conversation, does all kinds of stuff he's not supposed to do. Not supposed to go to Samaria, not supposed to talk to a Samaritan, not supposed to talk to a Samaritan woman. And in that small amount of time, he begins to encourage and love this person because this person is a child of God, being created and loved by God. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Think about that for a moment. And think about who are the people that you grew up with, either spoken or unspoken, that you believe that you were not supposed to associate with. Who got the dreaded title of other placed in an electric sign floating forever above their heads? And then if you think about that for a moment, what are the biases that you internalized, that I internalized? And what are the ones that you've addressed and what are the ones that we haven't addressed, that we're still working on? 
And I know I'm still finding them deep inside of me every day and asking good friends like Teshna to help me. And I'm still asking for help to become more like and to see people more like Christ because I want to be an ally and advocate, a true friend to our brothers and sisters who feel as though they have been othered because they don't look like the majority. And as much as we would like to say that racism got fixed at the end of the Civil War or in the 60s or with electing a black president, the events of the last several years would say otherwise. And each of us would like to believe and say, I'm not racist. And that's probably true. But the truth is we each need to take a step to become anti-racist. To, purpose, to purposely check in with ourselves and others within our family and our friend group that can help us to learn and to grow together. We've got to realize that we're not truly free until we're all free together. And we have to stop believing the lie that there's only so much power to go around. Power with is so much better than power over. And think about all that Jesus is trying to model with this conversation with the Samaritan woman. And first of all, I think that we've been led to believe that the tone of, Je- the tone of voice that Jesus took with that woman when bringing up the five husbands was condemning. We, we, we imagine, or maybe we heard a preacher for years and years saying, you have five husbands. But in reality, it was loving. Jesus showing up in the wrong place to be with someone of the wrong sex, class, religion, and status to show us all that that stuff is nonsense. And my friend, that's a good clap for I think, too. So, my friend right over here, Tasha Thomas, is here today with me because she has an amazing amount of knowledge and value, which, of course, she does, but first of all, because she is a child of God, created exactly the way that God intended to create her. And also today, because she has so much to teach us. Because she's got a big new title, y'all. <laughs> she is the Director Community Engagement in the Executive Administration Office and the Chair of the Henry Ford Allegiance Health, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee. That's a big job. <laughs> Henry Ford Allegiance Health. And so when you have a big job like that, you have to be trained in a lot of stuff that we all need to know about. And so we've invited her and asked her to teach us today and to help us. So would you all please say hello to my friend, Teshna Thomas. Thank you, Don. That, when he said that, I'm like, wow, that is a big title. <laughs> <laughs> Like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, but I am really excited, um, for one, to be here, and then also with this new position um, that I just this week um, moved into at the hospital. So um, I have a heart for people. Those who know me, that's me. <laughs> so um, I'm excited about that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and get started here. So I'm going to start out with a little bit about me. Um, so first, what is it like being Teshna? So let me start with the very first thing. <laughs> My wonderful family. <laughs> 
So um, we are, those who know us, we are like extremely close family. Um, very, very close. Um, I, I thank God for my mom and dad who brought us um, up in the way that we should go. We never depart because we haven't. Um, and so I thank God for that. Um, we got some cool things going on here, um, people and their significant others. Um, and then you see my dad over there in the corner with uh, my brother-in-law uh, doing what they like to do, and that's barbecue. <laughs> so, um, so this is my family, and I truly um, thank God for my family. Um, and then, as I mentioned, um, I am a peacemaker. Um, I am that nine. <laughs> and um, my family can definitely say um, that I do have a heart to make sure that everybody is good. Um, whether that's putting me aside, um, you know, putting my, my um, things aside, but um, that's me. Um, the other thing is that I am a successful black woman. Um, and one of the things that I don't know if people know, but as a black woman, I tend to have to adapt to my environment. And I don't know, um, there's a lot of people that don't maybe understand what that means, but when you're a black woman um, around predominantly white environments, there's a level where you feel like you have to adapt because you, can't, uh, you feel like you can't be yourself. Um, and so that's um, interesting. Um, one of the other things is, um, so for me, um, having to adapt, I have to maintain true to who I am, who God has made me to be in those environments. And so um, in doing that, um, I had to do a little project when I was getting my master's degree. And it was, um, I had to, I had like, uh, I can't remember how many questions it was, but I had to give those questions to people that are at work in my work environment and then in my home environment or my friends. And so what was interesting when I had my VP at the time um, fill out one, and so she was going through it and looking through it, and she said, Tashna, she said, you know, she said, you're who you are whether you're at work or outside of work. And so with that, that has stuck with me for ever since she said it because I am staying true to myself, who I am as a black woman in those environments. So, and I thank God for that. Um, I love God and I love people and it shows. So that's the bottom line. Um, the other thing is, is um, and I don't know if you may have heard this before, but um, one of the things is that uh, I'm here in a predominantly white church, sometimes that can be difficult. Um, sometimes that can be a struggle. Um, because as much as I want our church to be as diverse as possible, you tend to hear a little things said here, things done. I don't know if they're knowingly doing it, um, but it's hard. Um, a lot of times it's like, man, do I just need to go to somewhere else? Um, but what I know is, is that remaining here at Crossroads, um, it just, uh, I know this is where God has me to be at this time and moment. Um, and one of the things is I really want to help us grow. You know, we need to grow as a church. Um, God created us all equally. Let's all just do this together, (laughs) you know, win the kingdom of God together. All right, so I am going to um, talk about four different points here. Um, 
All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, compassion and empathy, and then um, listen to someone's story, be intentional, and be open to growth. So when you look at the term compassion, um, compassion is simply a kind, friendly presence in the face of what's difficult. It offers an approach that differs from the turning away that we usually do. So when I first read this, I was like, huh, compassion. You typically show compassion to your family, to your friends, but is it an approach that differs from the turning away that we usually do? It's easy to love our family. It's easy to love our friends. But are we showing compassion to somebody other than you, somebody that may look different than you? Empathy. Um, Empathy is that feeling of connection, being able to perceive others' feelings and recognize our own emotions to imagine why someone might be feeling a certain way. Are we showing that empathy when somebody might be telling their story? You know, you might see something going on. Are you showing empathy to that person? All right, so Jesus actually, that was one of the things he did when he went to the woman at the well. Um, He was showing that compassionate empathy to somebody that nobody would ever talk to, you know. And so to me, Jesus definitely is a true example of somebody showing compassion to those who are not like him, those who don't look like him. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is listening to someone's story. When we listen and we truly listen to someone else's story, we understand who they are in a new and different way. We hear their perspective, their interpretation, their understanding of the world and themselves. A lot of times when you're listening to somebody, you're doing your own perception of this person. You've got your own understanding going on. Are you truly listening to their story? It is their story, not your story. So we need to gain an understanding of their story. Um, One of the practices that I absolutely love and has helped me in this area um, during transformer retreats on the Friday um, night of the um, retreat, we will have to sit in a room with a group of people and listen to their story without responding. How difficult is that? (laughs) You know, you're always thinking the next thought, you know, what am I going to say? How am I going to help this person? But am I truly listening to their story? Um, One of them, uh, I remember uh, Ron, I was in one with Ron. And um, to listen to Ron in a a way that I have never listened to him before, it helped me to understand his story and love him deeper. Because I was able to understand where he was at at that moment. And so just to be able to listen you know, clear your mind of all the things that you might think of this person. Listen to their story. All right. Um, another practice that I hear, or we hear, um, you always hear Pastor Scott, Pastor Claire talking about inviting somebody to, you know, be in a room with you or be at dinner with you. Um, and so are you intentionally inviting someone outside of your circle? Are you willing to invite somebody outside of your circle that you normally wouldn't associate with? So you can listen to their story and understand where they're coming from. 
So um, who are you in community with that is different from you? Um, so that you can hear their story. This allows you to open yourself up to listening to the stories of others to gain a better understanding of who they are and what they have gone through. When we listen to other stories, make sure that you have an open mind and not just think that it could not possibly happen to this person or blowing it off. This is their story. So the next um, point is be intentional. A lot of people, once they feel uncomfortable, will simply stop whatever they're doing. But I believe in order to succeed at anything, you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. This is from John Jones. (laughs) A lot of people, once they feel uncomfortable, will simply stop whatever they're doing. They want to run away because this has put me in an uncomfortable situation. But I believe in order to succeed at anything, you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So what does be uncomfortable being uncomfortable means? Yeah. (laughs) You're getting used to being in situations that are outside of your comfort zone. Being intentional allows you to pursue activities that will make you uncomfortable. So what are you doing where you might be putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation so that you can become comfortable? Being intentional is not always easy because it requires work. You're going out of your comfort zone. When you are intentional, you choose to make decisions and take actions on what's important to you. Is this important enough to you to step out of your comfort zone? Will you make relationships with people that don't look like you or that are important to you? So one of the things that I do, um, I was walking um, at the hospital the other day, just walking around. I had to get a break. Um, And so um, I know God dropped this in my heart. So I noticed that um, I speak to everybody. You know, I'm walking and you know, somebody might have their head down or, you know, whatever they might have going on. But I always speak and say hello or good morning, good afternoon, and I always do it with a smile. Um, And so at first that was uncomfortable. It was taking me out of my comfort zone. But now I do it, and it's just so easy to do, no matter if they say something back or not. I actually done it to one lady. (laughs) I was making it, I was being intentional. I was making it a point to make sure that I spoke to her. Eventually, she started speaking back to me. So I was able to get through, you know. And so to me, that made me feel good because, okay, this is feeling good. And it made me take it the next step. You know, hey, I can continue to do this. So what can you do to make you, uh, or to be intentional so it can take you out of your comfort zone so that you can become comfortable? All right. Um, one of the things that I appreciate about Alana, <laughs> um, so we, uh, she told me about this little story that um, happened. So, um, like I mentioned about being in an environment that's predominantly white, um, we had a, a leadership um, session that was in Detroit, and her coworkers, all white, um, they were at a uh, casino, you know, how that goes up there. But anyways, they were in that, in that environment, and she noticed that they were, like, kind of like, 
you could tell like they were kind of uneasy. And so she looked at him and said, so now you know how I feel. When you're in an environment, you know, you, you feel more comfortable around your people, you know. And so for them to actually, hopefully that stuck with them because then they still stayed there with her, you know. And so are you putting yourselves in situations to make you feel uncomfortable, even if it's with, you know, your friend or whatever, you know, um, it may put you, you know, be uncomfortable. It may make you feel uncomfortable, but are you willing to stay in that, in that moment? Um, so this is a little scenario that I want you to think about. So a couple, you know, invites you to join them and one of their friends whom you have not met. It's on a double date, a movie and dinner after. When you meet them outside the theater, you see that their friend, your date, is of race different from your own. Are you surprised or shocked? What is your first reaction? Do you anticipate any more difficulty making conversation with your date than with anyone else whom you have just met? Should your friends have told you in advance? Why or why not? If they had told you, would that have made any difference? Think about that. Allowing yourself to remain in this situation is pursuing activities that put you out of your comfort zone and opens you up to growth. Remain. All right, so the next thing is um, being open to growth. We all do better when we are in community with diverse groups. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just what it is. Are you willing to grow by educating yourself? checking your own biases, and understanding the value of diversity. So one of the things I noticed, I know Don kind of said it earlier, not, well, he don't know what I'm about to say, but anyways. <laughs> so um, when we were preparing for this message, we were having conversation, and one of the things that stood out to me um, when it comes to educating yourself, I noticed that he said, I've been in training, and, you know, I've been listening to, you know, um, blogs and, you know, broadcasts and, you know, these, all these different things. And so to me, that's, and it was all about racism and different things like that. And it stuck out to me because I was like, man, you know, he really truly cares. He wants to understand. He is opening himself up to growing, you know, and I just really appreciate that about him because it is, his actions are showing that, you know, and you know, with us being on, you know, the platform, I love it. I mean, he truly has a heart, and he wants to learn. He wants to understand. He wants to make change, you know. And so are we willing to be open to growing? Most people consider themselves to be good people, and actually this can be a barrier to the goal of learning and improving. <laughs> Most people consider themselves to be good people, and actually, this can be a barrier to the goal of learning and improving. Because of unconscious prejudices we hold, we often act in ways that don't fit with our good person identity. But when we are confronted with that, we close down because we have to defend our identity rather than opening up 
to the possibility for a moment of learning. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. When you have a fixed mindset, you believe there is nothing to learn and no way to grow. But with a growth mindset, you see yourself as a work in progress, allowing God to continue to transform you in his image. You can always get better no matter where you are. When you have a growth mindset, you are open to learning when our biases show up. So the value of diversity, we all were created equally in the image of God, and not one of us was made apart from that design of the one who created us. He made us all equally. We all were made to reflect God, so if we are all created equally in the image of God, then this is the first indication of a diverse kingdom of God. And that was in the very beginning. God didn't discriminate in his design. And he didn't create one human being better than the other. So I got a couple of points um, here in regards to being open to grow. Don't think of individual people in terms of group characteristics. We tend to do that. I do that myself. You know, we all put everybody in a box. Everybody is their own individual person. You know, we all have our stories. We can have performed ideas about people who are different than we are and may feel more comfortable with, with people who are like us, but be open to growth and be intentional about being with people who don't look like you. We must adapt and be more accommodating and understanding of people who experience the world differently than we do. We're all individuals, especially because of their backgrounds. This helps you better understand the values of multiculturalism, which involves an attitude of respect for the feeling, ideas, behaviors, and experiences of others who differ than you in so many ways. Being open to getting to know people as individuals break down many barriers and misconceptions because you're learning who this person is, not who the other person is. Once you hear people's stories, you get to know them. You start feeling comfortable. And you are allowing yourself to become more and more like Jesus. Transforming in a loving way. Let's just love. (laughs) That's my, I mean, that's really what it all boils down to. God is love. Jesus loved everybody. Can we all just give that loving heart? You know, we're transforming ourselves That should be pouring out to others. All right, so um, Tanika read this scripture earlier, um, John 15 and 12. This is my commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. Love everybody. That's that's my, my thing here. Just love all of our songs. We're around love. You, how, did, how did that make you feel in being in worshiping? You know, we're worshiping with everybody. Those love songs were just pouring over you. You know, how did it make you feel? How did your heart feel? Jesus loves us in an extraordinary, incredible way. It's up to you to take the love you receive from him and find ways to bring that love and goodwill into your community. 
we should, we should realize that the love that Jesus speaks of is pretty practical. A lot of people try to make it hard. It's not. We need to act lovingly towards others, even when they're hostile to us. I know that could be difficult, but show the love of God. Jesus' love was many times shown by action. Think about the love he showed when washing the disciples' feet. Affection will sometimes grow as we serve others, but even when it doesn't, the command is to love. Love remains. When we allow Jesus to meet us where we are and allow him to transform us by his love, we are forever changed. Through his Holy Spirit and deepening our relationship with him, our hearts are filled with his love, and this love will pour out to others. And then lastly, Jesus has given us so much, including the way to salvation, so that we have eternal life. We need to challenge ourselves to follow his commandment of loving each other and finding ways to extend that love to others. So I have a few questions for reflection in small group to get you thinking. Am I willing to listen to understand the day-to-day life of someone that does not look like me? How can I be more intentional in being comfortable with being uncomfortable? Putting yourself in situations that eventually will become comfortable to you. What does my circle of friends look like? Is there diversity? If not, why? Why? And then do my actions and thoughts towards others show the love of God? So I'd like to thank you for um, Pastor Claire asking me to speak. Um, And hopefully you got something out of this. I mean, my heart is just overflowing um, with love. And I thank you. (laughs) And thank you, Don. I want to ask uh, Pastor Claire to come up and to, to pray with us and really to help us lock this in for the day. But I, I'm so grateful for Teshna. And when, when I listen to her, I, I learn from her. And I, I learn about her as an individual. And then I learn about the things that she has for all of us on this team in this church to know about that can help us to grow grow up and grow more into the love of God. So thank you, Teshna, for doing that. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I love? So we were talking about Don's a white man. Did you know that? Um, uh, and, really? and, and, and Teshna is a black woman. But if you know anything about their personalities, Don is a challenger and Teshna is a peacemaker. And they've been standing on this platform together for about 20 years plus, right? Yeah, Maybe plus. 25, whatever, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and, um, and so you, you got to get, like, you got to understand how different their makeup is <laughs> on the inside, the way they even go into life. So I love what you said, you know, even putting people in categories um, that you would just automatically think, well, this is how they're going to show up in the world. This is how they're going to show up in the world. And the beauty of it is, as Teshna said, as Don sought to continue to grow and understand, and they're going to be putting together um, this, this, uh, a fresh look to our diversity roundtable. And Teshna is going to be actually training our elders 
in a program that she's certified in so that we can look at our own implicit biases. You know, because everybody has them. Right. And, um, and you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And so one of the things that we just want to say is um, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And we all need one another so much to help us know what we couldn't know so that we actually do reflect the kingdom of God, which is a multicultural place, by the way. I don't know. You know, like if you, I remember, um, Bonnie, when your husband Dave was going to heaven and you had this vision of them coming up into heaven, like this throng of human beings together going into the presence of God. Can you get a vision of that even happening in your house? Like, can you imagine just inviting people to dinner that don't look like you, that don't talk like you, that have a different personality style than you do? And um, so I'm going to invite you to do two things on your way out today, if you're so, so inclined. And for those of you online right now, take a screenshot. We'll get an, uh, this up close online of this beautiful rendering of Jesus at the table um, that uh, Pastor Helen Glover did for us years ago. And then I want to encourage you to take a picture of the reflection questions. We're going to leave that up there. Um, Because here's our reality, my friends. Um, God called Crossroads to be a diverse church. And one of the reasons that our platform looks as it does is it's our vision of the new kingdom of God. Like, you're all kind of, like, it's, it's almost even up here. Out here, not so much. We want, we want this place to be a place that is anti-racist. We want this place to be a place that celebrates what the kingdom of God looks like. And so when you choose people on the platform, you say, well, what is the kingdom of God? What does the kingdom of heaven look like? Let's make it look like that up here so that we start hardwiring people to think like, oh, who, who's been at my house for dinner? I think I'll invite somebody over that I don't know anything about, that I don't know what their family structure is about. I don't know what their education is. I don't know what their experience is in life. I need to know you so that I can be fully, um, I can be fully in the kingdom as God envisions it. This is the vision of God. So let's stand together. We're getting ready for food pantry tomorrow night, and and we're going to be serving people. And if you can stay and help us pick up chairs and get ready for that, we're not picking up tables, just chairs, stacking chairs. But I want you to see it. As As you pick up a chair and put it in there, you're saying, we're opening up our place tomorrow night. For people who are financially marginalized, food, uh, what's the word, Don? Help me with that. It, food insecure. Thank you. Food insecurity. And, and it might not be you. Maybe you've never been hungry in your life. And see yourself putting the chairs together and thinking about people that are going to walk in that don't have your same story that don't have your same reality. And then think about who you could invite to your table at your house that has a different story than you do. And listen to their story without fixing them, advising them. I love that. Thank you for reminding us that when we're hearing someone's story, that's the story we want to hear. 
And so, my friends, can we just pray? And I don't know, um, I don't know when I look into the face of the enemy. I don't, I would love to do that. I'd love to pick the chairs up in a really intentional way to see that there are people that God has in God's own heart that God wants to put in our own hearts. And so today, God, I bless my friends as we pick up chairs and prepare for the food pantry. I pray, God, that as we're actually doing this, we would remember the words that Teshna has spoken over us today, that we would get comfortable with being uncomfortable, that we would be intentional about being uncomfortable, and that we would have a growth mindset so that our hearts and minds would expand in ways that are in the heart of God. And so, God, thank you for my friends. I pray that whatever word you spoke from heaven through Teshna, through Don, through the songs today would just stay rooted in our hearts all week long, that we would remain with it, as Teshna told us, that we'd remain with it, and we become the people who reflect the image of God, the table of God, the kingdom of God. Amen. Bless you all. Have a beautiful week.